Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live Washington with today's podcast. Typically come with uh, once a week, but in these uncertain times due to the coronavirus, releasing a daily interview with uh, someone with uh, an immense amount of experience in, in different fields, whether former athlete, a coach, an author, strength coach. Today we've got 10-year NBA veteran from Kentwood High School, class of 2004, where he won a state title. Rodney Stuckey. Rodney, thanks for joining. How's everything today on the West Side? Good. Everything's good, man. It's, uh, you can say it's the norm now, just home and shelter, shelter, shelter and home. So, um, yeah, just been relaxing and enjoying family time, I say. <laughs> a lot of family time, a lot of time with the kids. Um, they're getting on your nerves, but I guess you just give them the iPad and they'll be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting to try to get all the work done that you need to do while you're homeschooling and while you're keeping kids entertained. Uh, sure. But it's a great time to kind of uh, reconnect with family, reconnect with uh, friends. Um, but it's also a time to reflect on some memories. Now, you were 2004 state champs. Um, what were some of your best memories from your high school time? Um, man, I think just having no worries. I think you just go out and you just play, just play the game of basketball and competing with, you know, the guys that, you know, your, your, your best buds that you hang out with each and every day. Um, we, uh, we had a really good squad. Um, so my, my sophomore year, I played varsity. Um, I averaged about like 15 points a game. We made it to districts. We lost a federal way. And then my uh, junior year made it to state. We had a really good team. Um, we lost to Franklin that year. And that's when they had Aaron Brooks, um, Kellen Williams, who went to Eastern with me as well. 
and uh, they ended up beating Adam Morrison and those guys that year, Mead. Uh, so we took third that year. And so then the final, the next year, my senior year, we came back and uh, yeah, we took the whole thing, man. It was, it was a tough grind. It was, a, it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, we lost to Mount Tahoma in the, in the, uh, in districts. And then we ended up seeing them in the quarterfinals again in state. And we were down three with like seven point something seconds to go. And um, someone threw the ball into me. I don't know who it was, but they threw the ball into me and I did a turnaround three pointer and I banked it in to send it into overtime. And then we ended up winning it in overtime. And after that, that was probably the championship game right there. Then after that, it was, it was pretty easy. State was pretty easy. So um, it was a lot, a lot of good memories, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny you bring up uh, memories of a certain play. To this day, one of my most frustrating losses in my basketball career uh, was in the semifinals, 97 state tournament at the Kingdom to Mercer Island, uh, where Brian Brown um, got hot down the stretch and we lost. So it, it's always cool to hear guys reminiscing about their high school um, experiences and some of those memories. Now, you ended up going to Eastern Washington. You had mentioned to me before we started recording that uh, there were a number of other schools that were recruiting you and, and you may have gone to another school. Um, you had to kind of uh, stick to a process and grind through the ability to become eligible at Eastern Washington. Uh, share a little bit about how that happened and, and a message for kids that, um, you know, things might not go 100% the way you want them to, but your long range goals, your plans, you can still get there if you figure it out and you work hard. Absolutely. You know, I think it all started my sophomore year in high school. Um, you know, I was really wasn't uh, really focused on high school, just on, you know, school, I should say. You know, I was more skipping school, hanging out with my friends, you know, uh, doing things I shouldn't be doing. Um, and then my junior year, uh, you know, uh, something just really uh, just, I don't know, something just really just hit me. It's like, all right, man, you know, I, I really have a good opportunity of playing, you know, going somewhere for basketball. So then my, my junior and senior year, I kind of take, I was kind of taking school more seriously. But at the same time, I didn't make up the classes I failed my sophomore year in high school. Um, so Eastern, so when they were recruiting, I had a lot of schools that were recruiting me, you know. Um, if I was eligible, I, I probably would have just stayed home and went to UW. Um, but, uh, Eastern had a program there called prop 48, where it allows you to go to school for a year, get your academics straight, uh, sit out, obviously have to sit out for the whole year and just go to school, get your academics straight. And then boom, you can play the following year. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, I didn't want to go to junior college, didn't want to go to prep school. Um, you know, so I strictly just went to Eastern, got my grades right. And then boom, that next year I was, I was able to play. You, uh, you played for at Eastern and committed to a, a, a coach who recruited me originally out of high school to go to the University of Washington. He's become a really good friend, Coach Ray Giacoletti. Yeah. With, with your recruitment, what stuck, stuck out to Coach Giacoletti and the staff that made you feel like that's the path for me as opposed to some of the other ones you had mentioned, junior college or prep school? Well, um, well, the junior colleges and the prep schools at the time, they were all like East Coast. So I wasn't really trying to, I wasn't really trying to go that far. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And then, um, 
you know, I took my recruiting trip to Eastern and, you know, I pretty much was just like, you know, this is where I'm going to end up coming, you know? So I pretty much just committed there and, um, and just pretty much just rolled the dice and just see how everything was going to, was going to lay out for me. You know, at the time, yeah, Ray, Ray was there, Jack Aletti, but then he ended up leaving and going to, I think Utah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. took the, took the job at Utah and, um, but the assistant coach I was really close with too, as well, uh, Carl Howe. Um, so he was one of the main reasons why I stuck around too, because I just had a really good relationship with Carl Howe. And um, yeah, man. And then the rest was history. It all worked out for itself. You know, <laughs> um, I think that year sitting out though really helped me one, obviously get my academics right and, and focus on that part, but two, just, mentally you know analyzing the whole dynamic of just you know working out um waking up early you know working out um you know lifting weights um really getting myself into a routine of how to do things and and watching practice and watching the pace of the of the of the games and the pace of practice and stuff like that so it really helped me out just analyzing everything and just you know, making sure I'm ready for that following year. Yeah, you, so many times you hear of uh, somebody in a redshirt year such as that. I know it, it worked big time for me when I transferred UW to Gonzaga that things begin to click. You, right. you, you figure out uh, where your strengths really lie on the court. You figure out where your weaknesses are and then how to go about improving those. And you figure out where you fit on a team for the next year when you're, you're able to play. You know, when I remember watching you at Eastern, you were a player that I felt had no holes in their game. Um, offensively, you could score it, you could shoot it, uh, you could get others involved. But where I was most impressed when I saw was your competitiveness on the defensive end of the floor. Where did that come from? Um, I mean, it's just some that's you can't really teach it. It's like instilled. It was instilled in me. I've always been like an aggressive player, and. Um, try to take that too defensively, you know, um, a lot of, I should say a lot of people don't, don't like to play defense, but you know, I take it like, I take it as like, okay, this is, you know, someone's trying to score me. So I mean, I need to, I need to stop them. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not trying to have someone score 25, 30 points on me. Like, you know, and my name's being the headlines, like, you know, this person scored da-da-da on Rodney Stuckey. Like, no, you know, so I, it's, it's, it's the competitive that's, competitiveness that's inside of me. Um, and, um, you know, I, I love playing both sides of the, of the ball, man, offensively and defensively. Well, obviously, the ability to, to play on both ends of the floor is what allowed you to have a, a really nice and, and long NBA career. You play with a lot of really good players Absolutely. and against some really good players. Mm -hmm. For our for teammates, who stood out to you as somebody just looked at and be like, wow, that 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 guy can do it all. And then as a competitor going against somebody, I don't want to say you feared anybody, but who did you think had the complete package and was difficult to play against? Um, let's start with the complete package player. I would to be honest with you, man, I would say mm -hmm. Before Derrick Rose got hurt, he was a problem. Like in my eyes, he was he was he was he was the toughest man because he was so quick. His first step was just 
so quick, so bouncy, athletic. Like you could, you couldn't really guard him. He was just unguardable. So I would, for me, I would, I would say Derrick Rose was probably one of the toughest uh, players we had. I had to guard. Um, but just in general, just basketball wise, like in the NBA, like when you have to guard multiple pick and rolls, so like the Steve Nash's, the the Tony Parkers, the, the guys that are constantly coming off pick and rolls or the guys you're constantly chasing off pick and rolls, that's probably the toughest uh, uh, kind of things to guard, I should say, because you're constantly moving. So, you know, offensively, you, you're moving. But decent, defensively, it's not like you're getting a break. You got to guard guys that are – coming out multiple picks and screens and stuff like that. So it's constantly just moving, 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 moving. So I, I would say those kind of movements or those kind of things uh, were really tough. As far as, like, teammate, um, man, I had so many great teammates. Uh, man, from, like, Chauncey Billups to, you know, Rip Hamilton. Man, Rip was – man, I Rip was one of the – he was probably one of the best players in, in the NBA as far as like being in shape, like every training camp, every training camp he came back, he was in shape. Like he could run for days. Like it was crazy. And the way he can just stop on the dime and just, just shoot the ball, just, you know, um, his release was so quick and stuff like that. So I'd probably say Rip was one of them. Um, I played with PG, you know, he's awesome awesome dude but awesome just a great player you know it's worth that it's crazy just from seeing him breaking his leg and then then coming back you know from all that and and uh working his tail back you know getting back to where he's at now um uh man i played for him i man there's just so many players that i could just keep keep naming but i would probably say rip and pg yeah those are those are two good ones i never had a chance to play against paul george but uh, I do remember Rip Hamilton uh, having to guard him on the the floppy actions yeah, or the, the diamond yeah. action that, that yep. Detroit used to run. Yeah. That was not fair because he'd run you in circles all day long. Absolutely, man. He can just run, 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 man. One of the best players I ever played played with. The last question before I let you go, um, and I, we re- we really appreciate your time. Um, sure. Every there's a transition for every athlete to get into what they're going to do when they're done playing. The ball's going to stop bouncing at some point. Um, some guys get into coaching or broadcasting. Some some just become businessmen. Uh, you're in, in involved with a very unique business that also has a sports tie-in uh, called Shoot Three Sixty. I've been to a couple of the facilities. Uh, I've found that they're pretty pretty doggone amazing. Um, tell us how you got involved in what Shoot360 uh, offers kids in the Seattle area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how I got involved is, so I was in Indiana, and Fred Jones, um, who actually has a facility out in Indiana, um, came to my Thanksgiving event, and he was like, yo, Stuck, you got to come check this facility out. Like, it's called Shoot360. There's nothing like it. And I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep. Like, uh, when I get a chance, I'll, I'll get up there. And I just – you know, during the season, you really never get a chance. Uh, and one, I, and two, I was just being lazy. <laughs> but um, so then after I was done playing, I met with my financial advisor. And I was like, man, my goal is always to have my own facility. Like, I want to have my own gym. Um, well, you know, he was just like, well, you know, just having a gym, like, you got to always keep it occupied. You always got to keep it, keep, you know, trying to make money or revenue and whatnot. So, okay, cool. I was like, well, hey, someone, Fred Jones was telling me about Shoot360. 
he was like, well, let's look it up. And I, and I was like, okay. So we started researching it. And then he was like, wow, this is freaking awesome. Like if you would bring one here, this would do really well. And man, we reached out to the CEO, Craig Moody, um, right then and there. And then like 10 minutes later or something, like he hit me right back. It's like, hey, I know who you are, da, 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 da. Would you like to fly down to LA? I was like, when? <laughs> and a couple of days later, flew down to LA, saw the facility down there. And I was just in awe. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It's like, yeah, I need to bring one of these back home. And, you know, he gave me the, it, it, it was a process, but uh, gave everything, laid it out to me. And here I am, man, owning my own Shoot 360 out in Kirkland, Washington. Um, you know, Shoot 360 is a technology-based gym. Um, we just, we specialize in the fundamentals of basketball using, you know, technology, using like virtual training pretty much. Um, and it's also giving you instant feedback, like when you shoot the ball. So it's telling you the arc, how high you're shooting it, the depth, how deep the ball is going into the rim. And if the ball is going in left and right. And you're also getting, seeing that visual on these big video screens that are above the, the hoops that are giving you that instant feedback. And, and also everything, when you're done with your session, everything is downloaded on the app. So you can always track your progress and whatnot and stuff like that. So it's just pretty much just where the game of basketball is going is analytics. So just getting that instant feedback of how you're shooting, um, you, know, um, you know, seeing your arc, your percentages and stuff like that and whatnot. So that's what Shoot360 is about. And it's just also just a fun environment for the kids just to work on their fundamentals of basketball. You know, we, we start from the beginner stage all the way to, to master. So you can, you know, you, you pick where you wanna start or we can obviously help you. And then, you know, we, we, we give you, uh, we give you, uh, you know, we just, we just try to guide you and help you with the fundamentals of basketball. Yeah. If anybody uh, is in the Seattle Kirkland Bellevue area, you get a chance to go check it out. You need to check it out. Cause I've been to a couple of them uh, and they're phenomenal for, for any basketball fan or in particular young basketball players who want to really kind of, you know, dive in and, and get better at their skills. So um, look forward to checking out yours in Kirkland at some point. Yeah, uh, definitely, Rodney, definitely. again, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining our, our Scorebook Live Washington Today podcast. And uh, keep those kids safe and healthy and uh, look forward to seeing you in the Shoot360 gym sometime. Oh, will do, man. You definitely got to come check it out. And, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be popping up over here. They'll be popping up here everywhere pretty soon, man. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a growing, a growing uh, business, man. So I'm excited for the future for Shoot360. Absolutely. All right. Well, stay safe and thanks again. You too, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.